0: Welcome, everybody, to the Metabulous Two podcast, pod number sixty-two. I myself am Ben, and I am David. And this week we are going to do a roundup of who news. Yeah, who news? <laughs> who knows who news? <laughs> who, who knows? Because <laughs> there's there's been kind of kind of a lot going on recently. We we feel.
1: Yeah, we've been kind of distracted back in nineteen seventy-seven and seventy-eight with yes. Yeah. Uh, Season fourteen and season fifteen, so it's uh time to. It's about time come back to modern e- modern era and see modern what's era. going on, and yeah, because we have a, flee back to the seventies. I don't know. Yeah, and then, and then flee back because <laughs> we have we have a Christmas special barreling down the pike. Yeah, uh, but, to, uh, as to, we record it, it's in about two weeks from now. So, uh, are we excited for
0: the Christmas special, David? Uh, I am a little bit. I think. How about you? Hello. Hello. Um. <laughs> You're not uh, excited for the Christmas special. Well, come I've.
1: Uh, <laughs> come on.
0: Uh, Tell us how uh, you really feel.
1: Mm, well, the Christmas <laughs> special is. Am I excited for the Christmas special? The Christmas special is featuring the thing that I least like about Doctor Who is when we say goodbye to a doctor. Hmm. And that is just not something I like doing at Christmas time. I like. I like the uh, the way they did it with Eccleston a lot better. Where the new story to, was the Christmas story. Yeah, you say hello to a doctor at yes. Christmas time. That would
0: be better, actually. That would mm-hmm. be better. I mean, we are saying hello to David Bradley's um, first doctor, of course. Mm, great, great. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm actually a lot more excited for the Ben and the Polly, in fact, than I am for, really um, for Bradley. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, when I, when I say excited, I'm not like hugely excited, but um, right. Uh, I yeah, I'm just I I'm not particularly excited for Gattis to turn up doing his you know Englishman um impersonation. Oh, for Mark Gattis to show up. Yeah, yeah, yeah being okay. all like I'm an officer from World War One. I, I can see mm-hmm. his pained expression in my in my mind's eye. Um, we had the Pudsy pre-trailer that I haven't even
1: watched yet because I don't want to. See the Christmas special in snippets and drabs. I would like to see it as a complete work, and not have uh, my mind speculated on it for weeks on end, and yeah. uh, create biases either for or either raise up my expectations or uh,
0: uh, cruelly dash them. Uh,
1: raise my hackles against it. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm afraid my expectations
0: are already already risen. I'm I'm hoping for like a completely kind of stomping um, uh, Cybermen, all the doctors versus the Cybermen adventure, which isn't going to happen, um, Mm. because I'm sure there's going to be something mysterious... At the South Pole, I don't know, people's lives are going to be, I don't know, it's all going to be like, oh, I don't want to regenerate. Well, it's like it's making a fuss about regeneration, which mm-hmm. I i think is, the, is really, it's one of those tedious fan things that mm-hmm. I really don't think most people care that much about, to be honest. Like, normos don't care about
1: it. Yeah, I'm,
0: well, I'm, anyway.
1: I'm, I'm old enough school that I, I liked what they did between Pertwee and Tom Baker, where the doctor lies down. Choji comes out Founds and in. then we have Tom Baker. So. And bam, we've got Tom Baker. <laughs> you know,
0: he for about a minute and a half, he's like weird and I'm regenerating, gets in different costumes, and then bam, he's the doctor, and mm-hmm. we never hear about it again. Right. Um which is awesome to be honest.
1: Yeah. It it is a trope of the series, though, because we have going back to Power of the Dalek, we have uh, uh Troughton who's kind of a rascal and pretending he's not the doctor for Ben. And, and of course, that's the first time, so they're trying to sell this character change or actor change to the audience. And then with Pertwee, we have the first episode, episode and a half, where he is an invalid in the hospital, convalescing. I think it handles a little bit better going from Pertwee to uh Tom Baker but just due to the longevity of uh Tom in the role we have a pretty pretty grandiose death of the Tom Baker doctor into Peter Davison. Yeah, grandiose-ish.
0: I mean he falls off a building. Um,
1: well, but it's made it's made into a big
0: deal. It is. There's the Watcher and yeah,
1: Companions circling around his head saying Doctor, Doctor, <laughs> and the Master saying, ho, 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 "You must die, Doctor." Circling around and his head like those like birds
0: that circle around people's heads in cartoons <laughs> when they when they've fallen off a building. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> tweet, tweet, tweet. Teague and um, Tweety Bird. Tweety Bird. Um, I'm, 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 I, I guess what I'm most excited, what I'm actually most excited about is not really to see David Bradley and um, Peter Capaldi, um, though I love Peter Capaldi and I'm going to be very sad to see him go. I'm mm-hmm. actually most excited to see, um, uh, see our new Doctor appear. Um, ah, Jodie uh, Whittaker. Jodie Whittaker, exactly. Um, and we have had, I'm now going to change the subject um, <laughs> quickly, um, we've had a reveal of her costume. Yeah, what do you think? Ah, well, again, it's been been spoiled for me by pretty much the first thing that I saw online, first Mm. comment someone made about it, is they compared it to Mork from Mork and Mindy. Mm, Yeah. Um, And that has absolutely ruined it for me. Um, I've been trying to look at it not thinking about Mork out of Mork and Mindy, but it, 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 the, the, and okay, here's the thing, all right? So she's wearing what Americans would call suspenders. Right. Um, But of course, British people call braces. Yep. Um, So immediately you've got like a British American like gendered misunderstanding (laughs) around her costume, which is the last thing that they should have they should have organized, to be Mm. honest. Um, And the braces, the braces, suspenders. Well, because as as everyone knows, let me just fully explain for all of of our listeners Um, uh, in America, of course, braces are things you put on your teeth. Mm-hmm. um in britain of course braces are things you use to hold your trousers up um yep. of course trousers are also pants but of course pants in britain are all, well, what in in, in america you'd, <laughs> you'd call your underpants or your panties um suspenders <laughs> which of course in america is what you use to hold your pants up i.e your trousers um uh, in britain are those sexy things that ladies use to hold up their stockings which i believe <laughs> in america are called what david i don't actually know what what are those called uh suspenders they are they are called cool suspenders. Yep. Oh really? So like so the thing that holds your trousers up and the sexy thing that holds your stockings <laughs> up are both called cool suspenders. Mhm.
1: Oh, as okay. far as I know. Well, I am not an expert on lingerie by any means, <laughs> so. <laughs> Did you so write in. Please you surprised correct us me. On... You surprised me. Isn't,
0: isn't the other podcast you do David's Lingerie Podcast?
1: Oh, well, my secret is out now.
0: Your secret is out. I really had you pay Cover for blown. A, for a North American expert in lingerie. Mm, no, um, not at all. Aren't they called cool, like pantyhose or something? Or is that something well, else?
1: Oh, jeez. I, I don't know. know. <laughs> I don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Which <laughs> brings me up to my point. I I mean, fandom has always uh, debated yeah. or talked about the doctor's costume, and my hope upon seeing uh, Jodie Whittaker's first costume is, I sincerely hope that she is allowed some leeway and latitude yep. that Peter Capaldi has had with his costume yep. to mix it up a bit, because a year of culottes and braces uh, uh-huh. they they aren't winning me over. And you know, personally, from my own personal viewpoint, I was hoping that they would acknowledge the doctor's gender a little more overtly rather than uh something that's a bit androgynous
0: yeah yeah i i absolutely agree um i think two things one of which i think they are sensible they do know what they're doing it won't be like the uh like the rnt years where basically everybody has to wear the same clothes all the time as if they are some kind of superhero yeah who, with has, JNT. A, who has a costume exactly. Mm-hmm. um uh so hopefully she'll be able to dress exactly how she wants mm-hmm. um which will, well, i'm sure which will I'm vary sure from tail to tail one would yeah. one would assume well i'm sure that whitaker
1: has had uh, ample input into this and yeah. um the reaction from fandom generally especially female fans they're on board with this and yeah, so yeah. as uh two uh middle-aged uh men (laughs) men that's us you know it's just this is just not my area as my expertise in uh lingerie has been (laughs) demonstrated (laughs) it's just not an area that i have much uh knowledge in
0: well i mean without without and this is not really meant to be sexist in any way um uh so please no one take it that way i hope that she is like female people and i'm saying they can be male or female but female female leaning people um i hope she like i hope she changes her clothes a lot and i hope she likes clothes um (laughs) you know i think i think it would be great if she she wore different clothes each episode and you know clothes were a thing i think that would be really good um okay so she needs to play to a stereotype
1: yeah. Well, no. I mean,
0: I think I think she needs to. I mean, you know, it'd be great if the doctor was interested in clothes for a change. Mm-hmm. Um, I think anything would be
1: a, an improvement over, say, like you said, the J and T years, where. Yeah. We're stuck with the cricket coat or the patchwork Ugh. coat or the yeah, anything, uh, anything sweater, sweater vest that. with question marks all over it. Yeah, I mean, I you know
0: I would love to go back to a to, you know my of course my favorite Who era, which is the Pertwee era, where you know he wore a different, incredibly cool you know velvet outfit every every, <laughs> every episode. So that's good. Um, I mean, we have you know we have got form in terms of how Time Ladies um or female time lords like to dress i mean romana uh mm-hmm. dressed really really well uh, i think uh, probably more in her lala ward incarnation which is my least favorite romana as everyone knows um <laughs> but you know there was there was some great costumes i mean you know, let's but let's uh, let's get her up in that um the hunting gear that she wore in the in the mm-hmm. in the horns of naimon which is a personal favorite yep yeah. lala
1: ward had some really good costumes as romana but she also had some real stinkers which we had like uh Oh, the kind of sailor suit one. Yeah, Night- that's awful. Well, that's not even as bad as like the Nightmare in Eden one or the one uh, creature from the pit
0: costume. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so let's, I mean, let's hope they've got some good costume designers and let's hope that Jodie able to hold her head up high and mm-hmm. and wear what the damn hell she wants to wear. So
1: yeah. of more concern for me is the quality of the stories and i think <laughs> chibnall <laughs> more concern more yeah. concern to us is it would it be any good or not right <laughs> so well the the clothes may make the woman but uh the story i think will make the series and my so true understanding or at least the rumor that i've heard is that chibnall is going to be using a writer's room and so we're not really? going to have distinct
0: authorship or maybe have we'll have lead that. authorship of the really? stories yeah i mean who are they going to pack the writer's room with like good writers i hope
1: mm, well generally <laughs> the belief is that when you have a writer's room mm, it's a cost-saving measure in some ways so you aren't affording individual writers you're having a stable of uh, maybe less experienced writers under the tutelage or the overview
0: of the, the showrunner of yeah. Chibnall. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so we'll, we'll, we'll so, see. So, we'll, will every episode be credited to David Agnew? I do hope so. <laughs> or Robin Bland. <laughs> Robin Bland. Robin Bland and David Agnew wrote this episode. And the
1: thing that with a writer's room that I think would also lend it to, I wonder if we'll have an overarching uh, season. Uh, a season-wide arc like we had with Trial of the Time Lord, where there's pretty much just one story mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's told episodically rather than a collection of short stories that make up a season.
0: Well, if you want my opinion on this, which... If you're listen- if you're listen- Obviously, we do. If you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> presumably you do. Um, <laughs> uh, my choice would be either a season that is a series of distinct and separated stories mm-hmm. or a season that is one big story. One of the mm-hmm. things that I have disliked most about recent, about, about New Who, is the, the half hearted season arc that has to be desperately explained in the last episode at the end of the season. Um, that's, that's what I don't want to have happen. You know, mm-hmm. the kind of, you know, who's in the vault? Um, what is the crack? Mm-hmm. Um, all those kind of stuff. That is uh, That really hasn't worked that well for me in the, in, right. in, in, in the Moffat era. So either make it one big Trial of a Trial Lord series, which is like actually a big story... Right. Or just have, like, a series of short stories. I mean, I have the couple of things that I've read is, one, episodes are going to be longer, I think I read yeah. somewhere. Yep. yep. Which is a good thing in general, so we're not just kind of trying to race through the story. A little room to breathe. And then also we've got some new lenses, Oh, I yeah, read, so they're going um, to be filming it. Which, at- which will make everything a lot more like it's a movie. Yeah,
1: more widescreen, which also would lend itself, I think, to a... Uh, ongoing series or uh, arc rather than individual episodes and yeah. you want more continuity i mean i think
0: i think that you know you have to be careful there because you know, the more high definition you get you get your lens and the more widescreen the more stuff you have in your picture um the more it b- being set in basically shot in south wales um <laughs> becomes apparent so um let's be careful of of getting too hyper detailed um you mm. know you know in our, in our pictorial plane Well, Uh, you know, one
1: uh, British-Welsh rock quarry looks just like every other one.
0: (laughs) That's true. That's true. Return Uh,
1: to the quarry shoots.
0: I mean, you know, as as I think I probably, probably pointed out when we were reviewing last season's I mean I'm a huge fan of South Wales it's one of my f- favorite places in the world um but it is pretty obvious that it's it's all big <laughs> shot in South Wales um if you know South mm. Wales which I do um and if you don't I suppose it's like oh it's another it's the <laughs> islands of Scotland ooh it's a mysterious planet yeah um it's no it's not it's mm-hmm. South Wales well
1: anyway. we'll see maybe they'll be we moving more and more towards the sound stage for Yeah, maybe Uh, the series Green Screen.
0: Let's have a let's have an underworld, a gritty underworld reboot, and have it all done on 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 green screen. Yeah, on CSO. Um, What else we were? were, Well, we 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 had
1: another reboot of sorts coming with the release, the imminent release of Shada. Yeah.
0: Um, Will you be buying this, David?
1: Well, the last I looked, was it's not for sale in Region One until September of 2018 now i don't know you, if amazon got that right
0: that's that's weird carry on though yeah
1: i well i don't know if amazon got that right but my the, the other thing i heard is it was in sale end of
0: january early february isn't, it, isn't it all done with worldwide money though surely worldwide would be desperate to have it oh is, is it going to be like exclusively released on bbc america or something so we, we all have to get it on cable don't know
1: don't know at all Huh. Um th- huh. so will I be getting it? Uh probably yes, because uh Tom Baker uh is doing some new acting within the uh, TARDIS console room. So, yep. so yeah. It, well it's it's hardly a spoiler. They're using it to sell it, and that is the hook that uh got me. <laughs> I'll have to say the hook that got me,
0: um well, okay. Uh, so uh, I probably will be getting it, even though, you know, I've got so many versions <laughs> of Shaw that I can barely even stand to hear the word said anymore <laughs> um, a couple of things one I love the artists who worked on it Martin Gerrity and, mm-hmm. and Adrian Salmon as you know I'm I'm huge fans of um, but I understand you know poking around the internet that there's been some new model work um, that has been done for yep. the reboot of Shada, or reboot or redoing of, of Shada, um, and it's been done I think done, they're calling it a finishing a finishing they, but they've done the model work in the correct mid mid to late 1970s style which is incredibly exciting to me using the correct lenses and um yeah i think even going back to some of the original model makers which is super exciting um Mm -hmm. i also understand is that they've kind of dudley Smith, uh um, dudley smith um uh, dudley um simpson simpson who's dudley smith <laughs> don't I don't know. know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, speaking Dudley's... of. <laughs> they they they've Dudley Simpsoned up the soundtrack. Um...
1: Yeah, my understanding is um, Mark Ayers took Dudley Simpson's score and used period instruments and techniques oh, to record. Lovely. So we don't have the Kef McCall uh, sc- a score that we had on the VHS. DVD release. I hate Kev
0: McCulloch. Well, I don't hate him as an individual. But I don't like his music that You're much. You're yeah. not a fan of the music. Not a fan of the music. I'm a huge fan of Dudley Simpson. Mm-hmm. Um, so, those those are the things that actually have sold it to me. Is actually some of the kind of retro stuff on it. So, I probably will be buying it. I'm probably going to wait until the new year when maybe it's gotten a bit cheaper. Um, as everyone knows, I am a Region 1 sorry, Region 2 mm-hmm. DVD collector. And that's good because I've understand from some of my friends and colleagues that region two uh Doctor Who DVDs are sorry, region one Doctor Who DVDs are increasing become increasingly expensive as yep, they are they deleted. Are. Yep. Um uh, I'm not sure that's happened yet with the with the region two ones. But anyway, so I'll be getting the region yeah, two. Last I checked
1: for, yeah. Last I checked for region two, everything is still available and the prices are much more reasonable than right now with them being deleted out of the catalogue, not being um pressed or printed or yeah. made anymore manufactured anymore yeah so yeah. if you want the shiny disc
0: you are best best bet is to opt for region two and please everybody please get the shiny disc i really i'm really not excited about the day when you know physical media is no longer av- available and we all have to have things that are on the cloud mm-hmm. whatever the hell that means um well, i think it's I? a retrograde step in my opinion
1: what I did is I took all my shiny disks and encoded them so they're all available in the cloud for me.
0: Well, you're some kind of technological genius. <laughs> Everyone knows that, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> but so, you yeah gotta have, you can you gotta do have the that extras. if you know how yes no I I, I, I could probably do that um but I yeah I it's it's <laughs> ah anyway we'll that's... talk I'll I'll help you out <laughs> Physi- physical media people physical media um really well let's... physical
1: physical media the problem the reason why I did um yeah. encode everything is because I was getting some bit rot on my really? DVDs, and they were not playing any longer in the computer. Uh, so uh, every rot. everything that I had surviving, I encoded, so I have now the archive physical copy, but for Ooh. day-to-day viewing, I um, hit the hard drive or uh, do a MP4 rip of it and watch it Ooh. on the television.
0: Uh, don't like the sound of BitRot. That sounds horrible. Mm-hmm.
1: mm well it was for the two doctors that (laughs) prompted me because elliot really elliot really loves the two doctor and it was not uh it was not playing well right and so interesting the the canary in the coal mine and if it (laughs) wasn't any great loss in my opinion but uh, (laughs) that's true that's true
0: that could rot as much as it wants um i hope also actually that my region two copy will have a proper sleeve to it as well i I do, I said, I, I, one of the reasons I'm getting is I like Adrian Salmon, but um, mm-hmm. this whole kind of steel book thing really kind of bugs me. Um, so, I, anyway, we will yeah. see. We will yeah, see. Yeah, I
1: think you only get the steel book for the Adrian
0: Salmon cover. Okay, yeah, so I'm going to actually avoid the steel book and get whatever co- ever, ever, whatever other cover they do. But I am going to wait until the new year when hopefully it is cheaper. That is my plan. Yeah. Yes. Sharder. Well, Sharder. I mean, last, see, last Christmas we had. Um, Power power of the daleks this christmas we've got sharda um any requests for next christmas Uh, (laughs) or any ideas for what they might do for next christmas
1: yeah i want philip morris to come through (laughs)
0: We want to parachute Philip Morris into northern Nigeria and then leave well, him there Zimbabwe. until he's either found some Doctor Who or he's died. Zimbabwe. There. Now
1: that Mugabe's out, uh, he can really, go into think? Zimbabwe. Wow, now, I, read some-
0: the- I read somewhere that because of Ian Smith and his general evil, um, Ian Smith being the dictator, Rhodesia. the white dictator of Rhodesia, um, Doctor Who wasn't really shown in Zimbabwe. Um, because we were boycotting him um, because he was a fascist dictator. Um, well, my, well, my my uh, understanding.
1: Well, the rumor is this that yes. the <clears throat> the English speakers in Rhodesia, Zimbabwe, wanted British television, and so they smuggled it into the country. Oh, that I've not heard that rumor. And right. so there wasn't any official sales, but. Supposedly, now this is all fan speculation at this point. <laughs> that that it was that it was sold, and since the television archives haven't been burnt at, or leveled through war like they had been in other African Sierra countries, Leon being
0: the being the being the case. Well, Sierra so. Sierra, Le, Sierra Leone and Cyprus being the two. I mean, it was terrible for the people who lived there, obviously, mm-hmm. but for Doctor Who fans, also terrible because a lot of Doctor Who got destroyed.
1: Right, and so the the thinking is that. Maybe the Zimbabwean archives would have <laughs> reels of British television. Now it's a it's a long shot, but you know, a long shot. Doctor Who fans of the
0: 1960s can be a desperate group of individuals. They can be, they can be. Um, so he's he's not been to Zimbabwe. I think I don't know.
1: Okay. He he plays his cards very close to the. He's he's
0: been really quiet recently. Is there Mm -hmm. any particular reason for that, or is he just well? The other fan
1: rumor is you know that's that's why I'm hoping for a Philip Morris breakthrough because there's been this other fan speculation that there was a falling out um, between Philip Morris and the Doctor Who production office under Moffat's tenure, and Morris has been waiting for Moffat to leave before he does the big reveal resumes negotiation yeah uh, interesting because uh, you know this is again all
0: just fan, fan speculation yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i mean my i'll have to say my personal wish for next christmas is you know if they can reanimate you know large chunks of Shada and large chunks of power of the daleks um can we just get that missing episode of of web of fear reanimated And let's get some decent extras on the disc. Let's get a commentary going and some and some and some extras and re-release Web of Fear. Hmm.
1: Well, they have released a standalone uh, commentary for the Web of Fear.
0: They did, yeah. Um, I don't want them to do that. I want them to release it on the disc, like the way that I want them to. So. Okay,
1: all right. <laughs> You're a fan. You demand to be catered to. I
0: I am a fan, and I demand to have what I demand. The customer apparently is always right. I'm told. I'm mm-hmm. a customer. I am always right.
1: Well, now that BBC Worldwide and um, what is it, is it, BBC Films, or they're they're merging? Did you see know. that? B- I didn't see that. No. Yeah. BBC, so they're... I don't know.
0: The BBC is like, what? What are you doing? Stop it. Yeah, let me, yeah, so let
1: anyway. me uh, Let me uh, look this up here. Cause okay, all right. And maybe you can add some perspective. Because BBC Worldwide is the way that we get uh, Doctor Who in the States here. It is, it is. And indeed, they're indeed. Um, merging and becoming BBC Studios into one single entity. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> Um, and so okay. so the 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 commercial division uh. is moving into BBC Studios into one one invi- one business unit. So right, I don't know okay. what that will mean. But I'm wondering if that I think what it means is some idiot
0: from like some from you know, Loughborough business school <laughs> um, has decided that that is, good, that is a good idea um, anyway yeah.
1: well the the, uh, Tony Hall uh, BBC Director General um, said this is uh, creating a single BBC studio will bring the BBC in line with the industry be simpler and more efficient those buzzwords if it will be it will help ensure the license fee payers in the UK continue to receive outstanding British programs which reflect British lives long into the future it will also ensure the BBC can continue to play a crucial role in supporting Successful UK creative community. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure all that's right. great.
1: So I'm just wondering if this corresponds with uh, the other bit of news out of fandom, or at least official fandom, with the shakeup at Doctor Who magazine. If, with all the changes coming with Doctor Who in 2018, mm-hmm. that the BBC feels they need to um, have a little tighter control. Over how the official avenues of fandom are presented, the program
0: could be um, could be. I'll have to say the shakeup at Doctor Who magazine has been has been very has been very traumatic for me because mm. I'm a I'm a big fan of that magazine and it it had been it it it's been a great read under Tom Spilsbury um, who is now no longer the the editor. Yep, took the buyout. Um, he took a buyout and according to, okay, so, so for those of you who haven't been following this, uh, uh, Nick Pegg, who is a Dalek operator, um, had been uh, writing a column um, for Doctor Who magazine for several years. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also been, he also compiled the end of year quiz. For the magazine, right. um, and I think also the crossword each month as well, under the pseudonym of the Watcher. So actually no one ever knew no one knew who, who it was. It's only, actually, it's only recently we've all found out that it's Nick Peg. I think for a long time people thought it was Gareth Roberts because he's kind of vaguely Tory um, and, <laughs> and unnecessarily detailed about 80s Doctor Who, but actually it's not Roberts, it's not old man Roberts, it's Nick Pegg. Um, and he, uh, I'm not sure we can actually mention this on a podcast. So apparently, again, some mid-level Loughborough University MBA in BBC Worldwide <laughs> decided that Doctor Who magazine um, was uh, going too off message. Um, I think largely because of their negative uh, coverage of Class, the uh, Doctor Who kind of Buffy-style spin-off that really only lasted one, one series. And then also um, having, uh, having, mo- having more t- interviews that were too candid um, with interviewees criticizing Brexit and Trump. Right. Course, the BBC has to be impartial for some reason, um, which basically means uh, we always have to present the opposite. We, ha- we have to be fair and balanced. So if someone says that Brexit is a bad idea, someone's got to come in and say, no, it's actually a good idea, when in fact it's a stupid idea. Mm-hmm. Um, similarly with Donald Trump. If someone says Donald Trump is evil, someone's got to come in and say, no, Donald Trump is good, when it's, it is actually patently obvious that Donald Trump is is in fact evil. So apparently everyone then, the whole staff of Doctor Who magazine got sent on a re-education course, <laughs> um, a kind of Chairman Mao style re-education camp um, and that really... Now, that BBC Wales? Uh, BBC, BBC Wales. It, actually, they probably went to that horrible house with all those cannibals in. Um, that was in Torchwood is probably where they got sent to. Oh, uh, countryside. Uh, that country, was a Chibnall. That was, it was a Chibnall story. It was, it was a Chibnall story, exactly. Some classic lines from that one. Anyway, that's probably where they all went. And that irritated Nick Pegg so much that he basically uh, uh, metaphorically put a gun to his head and... Um, turned what was number 87 in his column for uh, Doctor Who magazine into a, a suicide note by mm-hmm. um, making the column an acrostic which read out an incredibly rude phrase right. if you looked at the first letter of every word of every sentence in the mm-hmm. column. And it's funny because I only find that, I found that out later on, um, but when I read that column I said to myself, this is reads really weirdly. Right. It seems like there are too many words, and of course it's because... <laughs> He was trying to spell out a very, very rude phase Mm criticising BBC Worldwide and Panini. Um, And so he was fired. Right. And uh, what else is interesting is Peg has also been supplying uh, tidbits of information about Doctor Who and the BBC in general to um, Private Eye magazine, which is a magazine that I have a subscription to, is a kind of British politics and media gossip magazine. Um, so so that presumably is going to stop because right. Peg has no longer really got an insight. Well, I guess unless they decide to sack him as a as a Dalek operator. They, they did. They, they did. did, okay. So now he's basically out of a job, so that's going to stop as well. But So there was a Private Eye column about this, and then Tom Spilger wrote a, wrote a letter to Private Eye saying, you know, I wasn't actually fired, I resigned. Right. Um, well, I decided to go, um, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The new editor of Doctor Who magazine is a guy called Marcus Hearn, which is not incredibly exciting because he's really kind of safe pair of hands, kind of uh, of company man. Um, So I'm feeling a bit depressed about Doctor Who magazine, which is one of my favorite reads every month. And Mm -hmm. there has been a distinct drop off in quality in recent issues.
1: Well, BBC also has The Fan Show, which they sponsor uh, yeah. as a licensed uh, video podcast, if you will. And I wonder if uh, BBC will come cracking down on podcasts that are towing the official line or maybe are you using... You
0: mean us? The- We'll we'll, we'll, we'll get a cease and desist letter from BBC Worldwide. (laughs) I'd love to have one of those.
1: (laughs) Well, something for your wall. (laughs) There you
0: go. Um, I I think it'll be a great shame, actually, if the... the, Because, you know, this is going to sound weird to a non-fan, but there are no no non-fans listening to this podcast. It won't (laughs) sound weird to you. The, The journalism in Doctor Who magazine has been excellent, and the interviews that they do are extremely good. Um, right. And they get a lot of information and a lot of new material from a show, which is basically, you know, an old show with hmm. a finite amount of information in it. Hmm. And if it if the magazine simply becomes a mouthpiece for how amazing everything that comes out of Roth... Bleh, what is it called? Rothmoat? Roth, Rothlock? Everything that comes out of BBC Wales is absolutely fantastic and cannot be criticised, then... I'm probably going to have to stop reading the magazine, which will be really upsetting, because I have a complete set going all the way back to 1979 or wherever the hell it started. So, anyway. Yeah. Well, there's always a time.
1: There's always a time to stop doing something. Exactly. We stopped subscribing to National Geographic, and I had grown up in a National Geographic family. But when Rupert Murdoch and Fox bought a controlling share of National Geographic, we let her... Really? subscription
0: lapse yeah no interesting more. well i think the frustrating thing about dwm is like it's fine it's selling really really well it's a really entertaining magazine there's literally nothing wrong with it and i think one of the things that always frustrates me about the bbc and i i know this because i used to work for the british government um in obviously not for the bbc but for a a, a an analogous department the arts council and the Quangos, uh, which I think the BBC technically is one, they really just can't stop messing around with themselves and changing things.
1: Do you want to explain what a quango is to our American listener?
0: A quasi-autonomous non-governmental organization. A quango. Um, That's an acronym, and Mm -hmm. they basically are what they say they are. They are quasi-autonomous, so not actually autonomous, but sort of autonomous. Non-governmental, i.e. they don't actually govern anything, but they're run by the government organization um and quangos are uh one of the ways that the kind of british establishment or the british government kind of organizes the country basically is you have these organizations which have charters uh which are in charge of delivering various aspects of government service to the population as a whole Um, i don't think there's really an american equivalent um because you don't really organize your country in that in in that kind of way
1: well the thing that gets me with, this is a Panini publication, as it was a Marvel publication before yeah. Panini.
0: Yeah.
1: They're a licensee. Is there, right. is there must be something in their license that has rules, because I would expect a licensee to have some editorial integrity or control over their content. Yeah. And was it, Panini was at risk of losing their
0: license for running Doctor Who magazine, or it would... You know, I, I, I mean, I, I mean, I you mean, know, when I worked at the Arts Council, we went on endless kind of workshops to kind of, you know, make sure that we were saying the right things about things, which were very frustrating. And I mean, I think Nick Pegg did a very stupid thing, right? Uh, but I can, I can understand why he did it. I mean, he, you know, he obviously presumably doesn't ever want to work again um, for the BBC, which is, <laughs> which is certainly going to happen now. Uh, but I understand his feeling. It's, you know, it's very frustrating. Working for these organizations because there are a lot of middle managers whose job it is s- seemingly to just stop anything interesting from happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's one of the challenges of the BBC. And the BBC is continually under threat, um, certainly from the current ridiculous Conservative government and from most governments in general, basically. The BBC is always having to fight a rearguard action. Um, It has become a lot more right-wing, pandering to the current conservative government in recent years, I believe, um, uh, because it's worried about losing its various licenses to uh, to do things. Um, Well, because
1: you know the Tories' backers are Murdoch and other conservatives, exactly because have something to you know money to make if BBC goes out
0: of business. BBC goes out of business. The BBC is you know it's a tax payer funded um rival to commercial networks like Rupert Murdoch's Sky i mean of course he doesn't like it um so you know i think it's a, it's kind of a febrile environment and um uh, i think the the country would be a lot poorer if the bbc went away and i think we'd really notice it and i think you'd notice it as well in the united states if it went away and i and i hope this i hope what is know relatively minor change which is a shake up for the worse at doctor who magazine isn't you know indicative of more things Mm-hmm. coming down the pike so anyway um i'm mean, I'll, I'll continue to get doctor who magazine but um it's really kind of sad it for me at the moment um i got my most recent copy about a week ago and i haven't read it yet because i'm too depressed
1: well something for the flight back to minnesota
0: yeah maybe uh anyway it's got a big, big picture of david bradley on the front of it yeah yeah anyway well, so
1: what do you what do you think about the recasting of doctors, we had it with Herndel, and now we have it with Bradley—the freakishly tall
0: Herndel. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Did do, do you think it? Uh, do you think it works? Well, I mean, can you imagine the Brigadier being
0: recast? not, uh, not really. Nick I don't. Cor- you know. I don't Nick know. Cor- I mean, because two things. One of which is, I think, yes. I mean, it's a character. Right. It's not a person. So, um, yes, of course you can recast a character. Um, you recast James Bond. You recast the Doctor, obviously. Right. Um, you know, you recast a lot of people um, uh, throughout in kind of in popular culture. I think that's done a lot. Um, the downside for me, unfortunately, with... So there's, there's that. And I, I've, I've enjoyed the, you know, the recasting of the third Doctor that big Finish has done with that tim Welshman Treloar. tim trelaw the welshman uh, who does you know a, a very you know convincing third doctor he's not a very convincing john pertwee but he's certainly a very convincing third um the doctor and the stories right. you know, they have their they have their weaknesses but they're they're kind of fun and entertaining stories to listen to mm-hmm. um my main problem with david bradley is that he wasn't my first choice to be <laughs> the first to, to be the first doctor yeah, I are st-
1: that guy out of train spotting right i am
0: still very much holding out for the guy out of train spotting who of course name completely escapes me at this point um oh you know that guy anyway um because um uh, david bradley's too old <laughs> He's too old. Uh, the, the the what the great thing about about Bill Hartnell is that he wasn't that old. No, he, he was, was in his fifties, right? When he was playing the third it's Capaldi's Doctor. age, he was Capaldi's age, and they aged him up by putting a ridiculous wig on him. <laughs> but it, but it made the what, is, is what did it made the character really interesting because it was a young man playing an old man, which mm-hmm. made it more alien. David Bradley, who's a great actor, and I you know I've got nothing. David Bradley, he's an old man playing an old man. Mm-hmm. Um, he is the right size, which is then which completely bugs me about Herndl every time I see him. Is that like why is the doctor like ten feet tall now? Which is actually one of the reasons I'm not enjoying. I, I had a problem with the, the recent Winston Churchill in that Netflix show The Crown because it's played by that bloke out of the Third Rock from the Sun who's about John Lithgow. Is about ten million feet tall mm-hmm. um, compared to Winston Churchill, who was about you know three feet tall. But anyway, so yeah, I mean that's my problem with Bradley. Is I think he's a great actor. I just don't think he's a good I don't think. I think he was a he was a good enough William Hartnell. I don't think he's a good enough third, uh, first Doctor. So, what do you think?
1: Yeah, my take on it is that when we're talking about recasting Doctors, we're looking backwards in the series, and we're bringing true, back old true. monsters. We're bringing back now old characterizations of former Doctors, and it really begins to be a bit of navel gazing at fandom. And I don't think a series or a program can survive for long. And granted, this is just one outing by turning in and looking inwards. I think we need to be moving in new directions. We need to be exploring our genre or the genres that we want to explore in the series. And by looking backwards, we become continuity heavy. Mm -hmm, And just mm -hmm, imagine all the continuity wrangling that we need to do to slip in now an uh, episode of Doctor Who between the time that the first Doctor leaves the base <laughs> and goes to his TARDIS. We're going to have right. a whole World War I potentially story n- nestled in between that that regeneration and it's too much fan service. It's, it's too inwards looking and I don't see it as a healthy sign of a show that is growing and broadening horizons I see it as a uh, hopefully a momentary look back at fandom yeah uh, no I agree
0: I agree I agree no I I, I think that's I mean you know it's, it's 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 weird in some ways that we're having you know what is a you know a kind of a nostalgia festival um with you know what is apparently some kind of beloved character um which is the first doctor I'm not sure he's actually that beloved by the population in general um at the same time that we're having a wild leap into i think of an exciting but certainly a risky dark which is um having a female doctor i think that's Mm -hmm. kind of interesting um i mean it'd be great we'd be great to see what um the first doctor's Mm -hmm. uh, reaction is going to be to see himself changing into a woman (laughs) and i doubt he will I doubt I doubt that he will as
1: well. What I'm hoping that Chibnall does is he plays it like RTD did it for the first year or so, where we're not heavy into continuity. Yeah, yeah. And I I just think the program is better when we aren't held back by continuity too much. And yeah, um, real and re, really I think the new new revival was was stronger when we didn't have a lot of uh, returning monsters.
0: Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Or returning
1: doctors or returning this and i i think this is we have we definitely have a show right now that the lead actor is a huge fan the showrunner a huge fan uh guest cast huge fans this is a this is a fan driven show you can see why maybe the bbc management wants to kind of rein things in
0: i guess so you know that's true that's true um I mean I
1: think I mean ultimately this show is about making money for BBC right And well first first remit is entertaining the UK viewing public the the BBC license holders of television yeah the people who but, actually pay for the thing but then yeah. BBC Worldwide also chips in money BBC America also chips in money and those are commercial ventures so also Doctor Who is about keeping the gravy train running they want to make money off this Yeah. and I think there's a danger or risk of saying if fans are complaining about it or talking about it or not praising it like they didn't praise class highly enough there's a risk of suffocating doctor who and not giving it enough money or attention or trying to be too controlling and that's
0: ultimately going to smother the program yeah 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 i mean you, you articulate very well i think what the what the what the worry is is the the program at all costs must avoid becoming what it became at the you know midway through the nineteen eighties which was a which was a which was a show made for the fans of the show right um because the fans of the show, us, will watch whatever, whatever's on, basically. <laughs> and we'll complain about what, what what whatever's on as well. The show needs to be made for a general audience, a generalized audience. It really needs
1: to be made for the 8, 9, 10, 11, 12-year-olds of the UK and yep. their parents or guardians to watch together.
0: Yep, yep, yep. That's, that's who the show is for. And if it's mm-hmm. not working for those people, then... It really is in serious trouble. Um, so, anyway. so I'm
1: very optimistic that with Chipnol's fresh hand, I think the stories that he did, in the last two stories he did, were dinosaurs on a spaceship, and the Power of Three have a little bit of energy, a different direction, a little bit mm-hmm, of excitement mm-hmm. in it. Yeah, yep. Things for kids to like. I'm also hoping that the ensemble cast with three companions, a crowded Tardis and a new dynamic actress in the title role will energize the the program and get butts in front of the television or yeah. in front of the computer. Yeah, in front of know, the however people can see media. Nowadays. On, on, yeah. on the mobile, watching Doctor Who, and we'll yeah. have another two, three years of the story. So what I think the risk is, and I think the BBC can be commended for taking the risk, is that... Viewing viewing numbers will continue to decline, or there'll be this backlash against having a female doctor, and we cancel the program again, yeah, and we go into hiatus. And well, I I'm expecting because I'm expecting that Chibnall will deliver because BBC wants chibnall want, waited for Chibnall. This is why we had a whole series ten by Moffat. Yeah, I think things are looking up. I think things are going to be for the better because i don't i don't want the blame in a certain segments of fandom to be saying well doctor who failed because you cast a woman and i don't think that has anything to do with it doctor who will stand or fail based on the quality of the product that they deliver to the uk public and whether or not people watch it
0: yeah yeah no i
1: i agree i agree i agree oh okay well we will see we will see what happens We we
0: will see what happens
1: So I think fandom right now is in a little bit of a tumultuous time. I think just with the changing of the guard, both in uh, production and in Doctor, it's a cleaner reboot than we had since Moffat came in. Right, right. And we had a clean reboot with uh, RTD, we had a clean reboot with uh, Moffat, and now we have a clean reboot with Chibnall, and both eras or both showrunners have had their um supporters and detractors and i'm sure that will continue under uh chibnall
0: yep and i think that's i think that's fine
1: Mm
0: -hmm. yeah all right any final thoughts um i don't think i have any final thoughts okay Um, let's wrap this up then okay thank
1: you thank you so much for listening to episode 62 of the Metabulous 2 podcast i have
0: been talking to ben And I have been talking to David, and we will look forward to talking again about Doctor Who next week. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye.
1: Thank you for listening to the Metabilis2 podcast. You can reach us with email at metabilis2, that's a number two, at gmail.com or on Twitter at metabilis2. And again, that's a number two. Hope to hear from you. Bye.